Ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back to the JKWD podcast. We'll say happy new year. I mean, I know it's not the first episode we released of 2020, but it's the first one we're actually recording in 2020. So everything feels a little brand new and shiny and, and all that good stuff. Kelvin, how are you doing today? I am magnificent today. As a matter of fact, I, uh, 2020, all, all three days of it so far have been really, really good for me. Awesome. I feel awesome. I feel, I feel alive. Woo. I feel a little bit younger even, you know, I'm not sure that's, that may be pure delusion, but however, <laughs> <clears throat> but it feels good. But more importantly, I'm quite energized right now. Awesome. And I really enjoy that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to take advantage of that. <laughs> well, I am sure that our conversation with Shannon Rollins helped a little bit with that. It um, did not hurt at all. It yeah. Very nice. She's a yeah, very energized person. You're going to hear that in just a minute. First, we're brought to you by our friends at Kettle and Fire. You want to go get yourself a lovely little hot beverage, a little base to your soup, something healthy. Like it's the middle of January. Some of those resolutions are starting to fade away. Reset a little bit with some, some bone broth and some soup. It's something nice, something a little different you can have instead of tea to sip on. Uh, or, like I said, soup. They got some. They've got some nice soups on the site. You can go fill up your box. Take ten percent off with code Better Humanhood at checkout. Kettleandfire.com. K-E-T-T-L-E-A-N-D-F-I-R-E.com. Use code Better Humanhood at checkout for ten percent off. And here's a little music, maybe. And on the other side of it, a great conversation. <laughs> Go. Welcome to the Josh and Kelvin World Domination Podcast, where we talk about better humanhood and teach you how to dominate your world. You ready? Well, hello there. Howdy. Hello. You even have a smile on everything. That's a great way to come see a smile, and that's a good, that's good. (laughs) Yes, it's a Friday. It's a great day. It is. Where are you in the world? I'm in Orlando. Oh, okay. Oh, so you don't have like snow and stuff over there? No, I, we have a hard, cold front at 70 degrees right now. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. However, will you survive that? <laughs> I know. It's a tough life. <laughs> uh, you were out there a couple of weeks ago, right, Josh? Yeah, I was down in um, my brother's in Winter Park. Oh, very good. I go there often. They have great coffee shops. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Why don't we have you introduce yourself and your mission to our audience? Sure. And then let us so, know why um, that's your mission. Yeah. So my name is Shannon Rollins. My mission is to help 
people, uh, men and women, business professionals find joy in their career and their home life. I also add at home, even though I focus a lot with people and helping them in their career, because your who you are in your career life is who you are at home and who you are at home is who you are in your career life. So you act in the same capacity in both ways. Um, the reason I initially got into this line of work, um, life and career coaching is because prior to this, I had um, worked in corporate wellness. So I had a lot of experience and I helped um, people with like exercise physiology and I helped them during their fitness journey and they would come in to me and it was on work sites. So we would have fitness centers. I was a vendor and we'd be on the work site. And so many people would come in. And of course, like they're, if you're working, if they're working out with you and you're with them all the time and they come in every day and work out, they're going to tell you about their life, right? So they oftentimes, I would hear so many things, so many issues that people are, were going on with. They want to get this job, but they don't know like if they can do it or they don't have the skills for this or they don't get along with their boss or they're working so much because they are, they're working so much because their home life isn't that great. So they're deciding to work a lot in their at work because it gets them out of that capacity or their work-life balance is totally off to where they don't have a home life at all, even though they want one. Um, and that's where I saw a lot, not surprising enough, but a lot of even people who were in relationships when you work with those people over time, I saw that happen quite often as well as people are really trying to strive within their career, but then their home life is falling apart and faltering. So, um, my ultimate, um, why this became like ultimately what I wanted to do really takes me back to like when I was 12 or something, I always had a really large interest in health in general. And then over time, our passions change. Um, so it morphed into through my experiences when I was in my twenties, it morphed into more of a mental health, um, and really ultimately helping people build confidence in the workplace as well. That's really what I love, love doing, especially with mm -hmm. um, people who are new in a job or they're even a new manager. Um, and a big reason for that is because I lacked a lot of self-confidence um, through like my teen, obviously teen years, a lot of people, everyone does, right? right. <laughs> Middle school, high school, you don't know who you are yet. You don't know what your mission is. And then even in my, um, in my college years and into like my mid to late twenties, I was just like low self-esteem, kind of that chameleon if I could blend in anywhere and get everyone to like me, that was my primary question in life. Like, how can I get them to like me? How can, and it's, and it was one of those things where it just catapulted and made every decision in my life, which turned out once I looked back, I was like, oh my gosh, how did my life turn out this way? This is not what I wanted. This is not what I envisioned for myself. And I really had to get real with who I was um, and then that kind of morphed into what my business was. So my business is about a year old now. So I ventured off from health coaching and life coaching and I decided to make my own business out of it because that was ultimately my mission and what I wanted to do. Well, well, see, you're an ICF master coach. So, yes. So I have respect for you. <laughs> <laughs> even, even more so, I think, than the master's degree and stuff, you know, that, 
that ICF master coach is a, is a, is a big deal. So, um, that's, that's fascinating. So what is your, is your passion right now? If you had to pick the one thing that you do with your clients or your, your folks, what would that be right now? Uh, right now it's definitely helping people. And this goes hand in hand, I think with increasing their self-esteem and confidence, but really helping people decrease their stress. Um, oftentimes we, it's not the stress stressor. That's the problem. It's the way we think about the stressor. That's mm -hmm. the problem. It's what we think about the situation. And it's really hard for a lot of us. And it takes time and being honest with ourselves that we have to be honest that are we being rational about some of the things that we're actually worrying about or are we blown? Because even my grandfather says, which this is a made up number, but I always went off of this growing up is like 90% of things that we worry about never come to fruition. Right. right? <laughs> so people are creating so many stories in their head um, about like, I'll give you a perfect example. And I'm going to use the workplace because like previously I was always like a worker bee and I wanted, and then I was like, I'm not a leader. How am I getting promoted? And it's because I was a good worker bee. Right. So then I was like, how do I lead people? I don't know why they're looking up to me. Right. Um, and then I would be in meetings with executives and I'm giving a presentation and someone would be looking down on their paper and I would be like, Oh my God, they don't like me. In my head, I would be because someone like how, and when you say it out loud, that is such like an irrational fear and an irrational thing that comes up. But then when you're thinking about it in your head, it's totally cloudy. Like once you're going through it, first of all, if it's a new thing that you're doing, you might be scared to do it. And then secondly, none of us are truly rational in our heads half the time because we're creating that story. But I know you... <laughs> We're creating that story about ourselves. And so one thing that I did to really help me with that is I asked myself um, when, when I was starting to realize those things were happening and I was having those thoughts and I was like, this is really affecting me speaking out in the workplace. It's really because everyone in my opinion has like a million dollar idea, but no one says it out loud, right? Because people are scared of what other people are going to say, or they're going to make excuses that it's already been done or whatever the case is. And everyone's thoughts and viewpoints matter. And a lot of people have really, really great points and they're not speaking them out loud. And so one thing that I did when I realized like, this is, I don't want to be this way anymore is that I asked myself, like, what is my story? Um, if I'm a character and a main story and I have to label myself something, right? There's a victor, a villain, a this, that, the other. And my story was I'm a victim. And I was like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> it's like a dagger in the heart to admit something like to, that to yourself when you go through certain things like, ooh, like I'm playing victim right now. Why am I playing victim? What are some reasons for this? Um, and that realization alone really, really helped me hone in on creating a new story for myself. Like, I'm not, that's so irrational. Like, why would I assume that if someone is rolling their eyes or they're looking down or whatever, that they don't like me? And if they don't, like, who freaking cares? 
<laughs> yeah, so well, that who freaking cares is a big deal, right? It's like uh, mm-hmm. you're not for everybody, so <laughs> exactly. And yeah, then, and that's what I almost like to. I love nature, um, and I love going outside for stress relieving, and this and that. And in nature, if you look around, everything is so different. Like everything is so versatile and they're different colors and all the animals look different. Everything acts different. And it's like human beings, we're all the same way, but we're meant, we're meant to be different. Like we can't have two. It would be so boring if all of us were exactly the same. We would all be bored out of our minds. We would all agree on everything and it it just wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, yeah, but we fight so hard to make sure everybody's just like us. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole, gotta, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a whole study on itself. Yes. And coming to the point where you actually allow yourself to define yourself as a victim. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you, how do you go about that? I, I mean, I, I said this in my but most people don't see victim. They see victimized, you know, but, but they don't, they don't consider themselves a victim. Mm-hmm. So how in the world you came to that rationale yourself? Is that before or after all the training that you've had over here or um, before that? It was after. Yeah. So it's something that I take my, some of my clients through now too, because like you said, like, it's not something it's been years of personal development for me. Um, it's been years of peeling back the layers, layer by layer, by layer, by layer, and really looking at all the things that have happened to me and my life and all the things that I've been through mm-hmm. and asking myself, well, I need to start taking a hundred percent responsibility for my feelings and my life. And that's something that a lot of people are not willing to do. Well, this happened to me. This person did this. This person said that. So of course I'm going to feel that way. And it's like, well, not of course, like you could choose (laughs) to see the silver lining. And like you said, it's so interesting. It's such a double-edged sword because we're all created differently but then on the other end, we all fight, like you said, so stinking hard to be similar. And yeah. we, and so it's this friction going on. And so, I mean, what I try to coach people through and tell people, especially people who are having issues in the workplace is like, look at them as a blessing. Look at them as someone who can leverage you. If they're different, it means they have different strengths than you. And that means that you can work together with them and they could help you. Like they could help fill your void and you could help fill their void um, in whatever way, shape or form. I'll give you an example. I'm a very like, (laughs) I need to get something done right away, right now, yesterday. It has to be done. Like I want it done now. I'm very like, I just like things off my plate. I want them to be finished, but I don't stop and look at details and I miss things. I had a co <laughs> I had a yes, I miss things. I had a coworker in the past who would point out the things I was missing, and I'm like, oh my god, he's driving me insane. He's driving me crazy. And so like, I had to think, you know what though? He is like my saving grace. If it wasn't for him, I would be screwing up everywhere right now because yeah. I'm 
So I helped him stay motivated because like, go get her, go, go, go. Let's get this project done. Let's meet our goal. We need to meet our numbers, this, Mm -hmm. this, this. But at the same time, he's like, you need to slow down for a second. You need to take a deep breath and we need to take a look at this. And so, I mean, that's just one very, very small example, but if everyone could just look and give each other grace and themselves grace, then I think that we wouldn't have as many of those issues and conflict of communication. Grace is not something we're taught, generally speaking. (laughs) So, you know, most of the people I know that have it have it's it's hard won. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it's a result of some trauma that they just couldn't run away from. Um, and I'm not sure where I got mine and, and I don't always have that, you know, I'm not always that grace giving guy. Um, it's practice. So I have to have Josh to actually tune me up once in a while. <laughs> and, and, Let's be honest. I, I am not the I, I am not the guy to say, "Hey, give yourself a little." Because <laughs> you know, for as for as much as <laughs> you know, for as much as they joked about it, you know, I grew up in a house where, um, yeah, I grew up in a house where, hey, you get a B, why wasn't it an A? Or you get an A minus, why wasn't it an A? Yeah, yeah, they're joking about it, but you get a ninety-eight, why wasn't it a hundred? But you know, that sticks with you, and mm-hmm. like. If, yeah, you grow up with it and you're like, oh, wait a second. They were they were kidding and now I'm 35 and not anymore. Um but now now I'm older and mm-hmm. I can see it and like now how do I how do I allow myself a 98 instead of that 100? Mm-hmm. You know? Um so if and I'm the guy giving you grace, Kelvin, then maybe this is something you ought to <laughs> 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 yeah, well, you're easier on me than you are on you. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, give you that. And, We're our worst critic. Uh, we are, we are, and I, uh, you know, I started. I, I tell myself I was coaching people a long time ago, but and, and I was since high school. I didn't actually do formal coaching training until a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was like all that, and I'm like, you know what am I missing? What am I? I'm, I'm glad I did that. <laughs> I was missing a lot and, um, and, and it's good, but, um, so how do you, how do you, uh, how do you uh, start that process with people? Well, you said yeah. you're not, you're not coaching as much anymore. Now you're doing more of the personal training stuff. Is that what you're no, that was previously. So I'm coaching. Yeah, I do one-on-one um, coaching. And what I do, the process that I take most of my clients through, because I have two separate coaching. I have a coaching program, which is a little different than the one-on-one. The one-on-one is very tailored. Um, but for my one-on-one coaching, ideally, when they come to me, we really assess. We ha- I have them right, like how we talked about a story. Um, that's just like a tool that I use with them. And a lot of my coaching, um, I do a lot, a lot of meditation and visualization with my clients. Really, I do. Yeah. It's, it's really helped, especially when they're trying to design a life that they want for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, through even some of the, like, for example, some of the visualizations that I take them through and then I take them through a lot of writing exercises as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but really what the process is, I call it, 
DRT, but discovery. So we go through like a discovery phase where Mm -hmm. they need to find out who they are. Most people don't know who they are. And even I, (laughs) who have done years of this stuff, still and still to this day, I find out things like, whoa, that's why that triggers me, or that's why I respond this way, or, or that's why this stresses me out. And so it's such a long process, but we go through, we even go through like maybe a couple sessions of just discovery. Like we're just figuring out what are your, and the other thing is figuring out your life values. Like what are your values in life? What drive, because you're ultimately your values drive your behaviors or you try to run away from them and you're not meeting your values. And then that's why you have internal friction with yourself. And then from there, we set goals based on what um, they want to achieve. A lot of my clients who come to me are either um, having work-life balance issues. um, They want to get a promotion or their job is really soul sucking their words, not mine. And they wake up in the morning and they literally quote, say, I hate my life because I hate my job. Help me get out of this. Hmm. And so I have two phases. Once we have our discovery session, there's one path that they want to enhance where they are now. If they want to move on, if someone is that, if someone dreads that much going to work, you got to get out, find a new job find a different job. And then that's where I take them through. What are your skills, values? um, What are your passions? What can we do to help you get into something that you really love? And I've even had some who are like, I'm going to start my own business. I'm like, whoa, that's great. So um, that's pretty much what I take them through with my Mm -hmm. Mm one-on-ones. That value discovery process is pretty intense. How do you, um, how do you, even begin that process with people? Yeah. So this is actually something that I cannot take credit for this. This is something that I picked up from Tony Robbins. I don't know if you will. (laughs) Oh yeah. Unlimited power is my favorite book on the planet. Oh yes. He's amazing. But yeah, it's a value process that he actually coined and uses, which is everyone has rules for their top values in life. So we have values in life that we identify now, and then your prior values clearly are not working for you if you're not happy, right? So there's rules to the values, and the rules are what has to happen for you to meet this value. So I'm going to give you an example. My top three, before I did this, my top three values, which your top three are usually the ones that are the most um, driven in your life. Mm -hmm. Love was my top one. And then I had um, number two was security and number three was freedom. Do you see any friction with those three? <laughs> Put some potential conflict. Potentially. Yeah. Security and freedom <laughs> right next to each other and in the top yeah. three. No wonder I was stressed out. <laughs> like, I want to be free, but I also want to feel secure and I don't want to take any chances. I can, I can't, but I still want to be free. Like it didn't make any sense. And then on top of that, the rules. So what had to happen for me to feel love? I had to be told that I was loved. I had to be hugged. I had to be touched. I had to have someone buy me something. I, I'm like, God, no wonder I'm not actually feeling love because my rules made it so freaking hard for me to feel love. And then for security, financial freedom, um, 
have ever no debt at all have uh make sure that my family loves me make sure this and that and i'm like no wonder i don't feel security and then my third one freedom it was like travel the world do this and that i was like well no wonder i'm not meeting anything i'm not meeting any of my values and then from there i was like okay we need to rewrite these values so it'll take you through a process to rewrite okay what vision do you want for your future life um and so we through visualization, writing down, journaling, what do I want for my future life? And then from there, I rewrote my values. Mm -hmm. So my top one is still love, um, but I made it love and warmth. I added warmth because I'm <laughs> I'm lovable, but I could be like a force, like very in your face and someone might not see that as love. So, uh -huh. <laughs> so I added that and then I made my rules really, really easy. Like, to feel love, look in the mirror. To feel love, um, it's sending someone a text because it's something that you can control within yourself. See, I base all my old values and meeting them on external circumstances, on external things that I could not control. So the second one, I actually changed from security. I took it off my list altogether and I added making a difference. Um, so how can I make a difference? And again, I guess with the values, it's whatever emotion you're tying to it. And to me, making a difference is considered, it's like a different type of emotion that I feel. So that's what I tied it to. And for that, it was literally like calling someone. It was doing my coaching session. So every day I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm so happy I'm making a difference. Mm -hmm. And then for the last one, um, I added passion. And it's like, what do you have to do to feel passion? I even took, you don't have to take things off your list, but to me, freedom and uh and the security weren't doing anything for me. Freedom was stressing me out because I was like, why am I not traveling? I have to travel. I want to travel. And it was just making me stress. Um, and then security, obviously, it, it's just, to me, I think that most people should move security down lower on their list because it's causing them not to take chances in their life and not fully live out. And life is really short. Um, not to be so risky to where you're destructive to yourself, but mm. at the same time, venturing out a little further than what you think you can do. And then you can look back when you're on your deathbed and you could say, man, that didn't work out. But man, my life was really exciting. Like I would prefer <laughs> that than say I lived such a cushy, boring life and I can't believe I didn't do more. Like I'd prefer to fail and know that I had more excitement and I put myself out there. You know, I'm supposed to feel like that, but that failure thing still annoys the heck out of me. It, and, and, and by the way, for excitement, you're not going to be in one of those squirrel suits where you're like uh, flying mountains <laughs> like a kite, are you? You know, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Seeing that, I'm like, those people are. Nuts. Yeah, you don't have to jump off anything to. Holy to, no. to make a real. I mean, you can. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could That's stretch true. just a little further, but not go skydiving yeah. without a parachute. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a, those are good. Josh, I've been talking a lot. Yeah. I'm going to shut up. Your turn. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it's good that you've been talking a lot because this is kind of more up your alley. I, I took one look, at, um, <laughs> I took one look at, at your website, actually, and saw Busy But Balanced. And that's mm -hmm. you know, that's where I came in because you know, 
you know, we do this podcast, I another podcast, and I still have a day job and a one year old and a puppy, um, mm-hmm. and oh, and a marriage too. Um, so, <laughs> so having all that stuff, you know, I'm lucky that you know the day job I work from home, so I get to be around everybody, even if I'm kind of checked mm-hmm. out, you know, sitting in front of the computer, but. You know, I, I feel like that's what a lot of people are, you know, have, have trouble with just in day-to-day life. I'm part of a dad's group, um, you know, that you know, meets on Facebook and occasionally we have Zoom calls and everything. Like this one, you know, we got 18, 20 guys on there saying, hey, what's been, what's been tough this week? Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that the people who are doing the best are the people who just take a little time for themselves. You, where, where does that, where do you find um, in, in your clients and other people you talk to? Cause I'm sure you, now that you you're doing this, it just comes into your life. Um, mm-hmm. you know, where do you find people have the, the most common imbalances there? And uh, what are the like top two or three common things like, people could do yeah, just in their everyday life to just you know, flip that switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's the primary um, clients that I do see are clients who come to me because they're having some type of life balance issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're hundred percent right. Like how do you find the balance when you have a marriage, a child, a dog, a full-time job, you're doing stuff part-time And then people say there's not enough time in the day. So what I do is I take my clients through, through a process of, because the the common things that they're coming to me for is, is that they really want to succeed in their career, but then they're having a hard time finding balance at home. That's the most common thing I see. And primarily what I'm seeing a lot is a lot of women who are coming to me because they, they want to either they're business owners or they work corporate, they want a promotion, but at the same time, like they're going to have less time with their kids. Um, and that's the common thing, but what I work through with them on and some things that they can actually take as actionable is assessing each area of their life. So the best way to go where you're going is to know where you are, right? So taking <laughs> each category of your life, let's just say one category is relationships and then health. Health has got to be a category because if you are not well, you will not be good at anything else. If you are not feeling well, you're not going to want to do or anything, or you're not going to have a hundred percent of a relationship. And so taking each area of your life and really looking at and saying, okay, if this was a gas gauge, let's just say it was empty quarter of a tank, half, uh, three quarters full. And where is each area of my life on the gas gauge? And if you mark off on your gas gauge, let's just say that health is half, career is a full tank. Let's just say that um, spirituality, some people, it depends on the client, some people bunch that in with their health, their spiritual, emotional, mental, and with physical and nutrition. Or you can break that all out. And then after you look at it and say, okay, what do I want my life to look like? And how can I find the balance there? Some people, when they are looking at the balance of their life and they 100% want the relationship that's their top priority in life, but then they look at it and say, ooh, that's kind of a quarter of a tank. 
So being able to set goals and say, okay, maybe I should have like a family night that week, or what can you do to be able to incorporate more of that connection with your family? Sometimes for some people, it's literally just looking their loved one in the eyes and like listening and being present because the big thing when you have a lot on your plate is most people are around. They're just not present. They're on their work emails or you're actually looking at someone and listening to them, but you're not really listening. Like you're not feeling and listening to them. You're not fully present in there. Um, And that's a really good starting point is to be able to find out where you are. And then from there, incorporating what, because balance, there's no such thing as, I don't even like really using the term work-life balance. I like using life balance because for some people, they might not want a family. They might just want to, their career brings them so much joy that they just want to do that all the time and they want to be healthy. And those are the things that they want to focus on. And that brings them so much joy. And to each his own, every person, your balance is what you see your life vision to be. So I can't come in and tell someone, you need to be 50% here, 50% here, 80% here, and 100% here. And there's no such thing as having 100% all around or or full tank, full gas gauge all around. It's just not possible. Um, And also the other thing is being grace again. Uh, finding the grace with yourself that it does ebb and flow. Um, I'll give you an example. When I was building my business, working full time, building my business, there was a lot of imbalance there. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of where do you fit? Like, where do you fit it in? So sometimes there's going to be periods of imbalance if you're trying to reach a big goal, but making sure to include those that are really important to you. So they're not falling off because if you're focusing too much here, something is going to fall off over here. So being aware throughout the process of, Ooh, I'm spending too much time. It could even be the other way around. I'm spending too much time doing this activity or doing fun or volleyball or whatever. And I'm not, and I'm not building my business at all because I'm not focusing enough or opposite I'm spending way too much time on building my business and my career. And I haven't seen my husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, and I haven't actually talked to them. We haven't done a date night. I need to level check because that's when the relationships start to fall apart because no one's communicating, nothing's happening. And then next thing you know, someone says, you know, I feel like we don't have a connection anymore. And it's just because you're not, people are not as cognizant. We get really easily tunnel vision. Um, and it's hard to fall. It's, it's hard to come back once you're way off, you know, the deep end on that course. That was a really, really long answer to your question. Yeah. So, (laughs) so if I'm going to, if I'm going to shorten that a little bit, then, um, you know, the, the best steps that people can take in figuring out their, their work life, balance mm-hmm. or their life balance issues, the first easy steps I can take are not that they're simple, they're simple, not easy, right? Mm-hmm. Are to identify where they'd like to be and then identify honestly where they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Assessment, self-assessment. Yeah. And, yep. and to do that honestly is so difficult 
sometimes, you know, we, we like to think we're either way better or way worse than we actually are. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to do it from our standpoint, mm-hmm. not where my wife thinks I should be or where I need to be to make her happy because we lose track sometimes of who we are and what really makes us happy. And the thing is, if we don't manage to get happy, we're not going to have that to give to anybody else. Right. So um, those are my thoughts. You, uh, of course you, you, you brought back memories when you started talking about the value uh, Tony Robbins value system. Cause I'd forgotten about that. Um, and at the time I found it, I was like, Oh my, this is just so phenomenal. And I'd like, yeah. so I'm not familiar with this value system. Is this uh, really like a core values exercise kind of deal? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's extensive and it's in his book, um, unlimited power actually. So, uh, and it really helps take you through. And then the, what she, she's talking about, about, uh, uh, you know, what do you need to actually feel that? And it's kind of tough. She, he talked about attorneys and stuff like that and, and, and how you, you need to leave one space to come into the other. You need to mm-hmm. leave the job space to come to the family space. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm a little bit handicapped right now because it's just me and my coffee cup. I don't, I don't have to play fair with anybody. Right now. <laughs> I can be as selfish as I want to, and I don't mind. <laughs> embrace that. I'll embrace that. Yeah, Josh. On the other hand, Josh, you know, you know, Josh talks about his balance and stuff, but he's from what I've seen from all the stuff that he does. He's he's pretty balanced. He is intentional about his balance, and most of us are not. He's a very thoughtful thoughtful person, as in he he thinks a lot. So when I really need leveling, I mean brutal leveling, <laughs> I can go to him. And uh, he's one of probably only two people on the planet who have permission to tell me when I'm off. I mean, he don't need to have knock hat and ask permission to go, Hey, can I tell you that you're screwing up right now? He doesn't have to do any of that. So I have, I have a feedback system. Now I I still get to choose whether or not I listen or to what extent, but Mm -hmm. we have a relationship where we have enough trust between us that I know when he tells me something, really, he's telling me for my, um, for my benefit, for my best interest, not to make him feel better. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't give that privilege to very many people because most people don't know me well enough to even be able to use it. So um, in that value proposition, I think we probably need somebody to bounce some of that off of. What do you, what do you think? Mm, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, well, I have a, I think everyone needs, well, I personally think everyone needs a coach, but (laughs) I have a coach and, and she holds me accountable with my life. And we can, like I said before, when you're in your own head, it's very cloudy. And sometimes you're just not aware of what's going on. You, we have Mm -hmm. so many stimulants, so many things that are happening to us every day. 
every time we leave the house, every time that we um, walk down the road, every time we have an interaction, and then it could go off the deep end like that. Something bad could happen. You could have trauma. You could be in an accident. You can have a loved one pass away. So these are, and then, and then channeling that and trying to stay true to who you are within the process is tough. <laughs> if it was, and so one thing that I do even to hold myself accountable is I do and can, I do affirmations every morning. I, every morning I wake up and I do my journaling. I just write down, all I do is write down five things I'm grateful for. It's not extensive. It takes three minutes. And I usually write something the day before that happens so I can stay in the moment of this is the, okay. Yesterday might've been a bad day, but these are all the silver linings that, I mean, this is all the great stuff that did happen. Like I had an amazing cup of coffee <laughs> yesterday. Or I had that, oh, like, yeah, appreciating the little things. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like the little things. And then after that, I recite my own values to me, mm-hmm. to myself. Oh. Yeah. And I say them out loud. Like I am love. I am, um, if I, if it was freedom before it, I would say that I, I was freedom or I was, so it's whatever yours it is or whatever you're just focusing on the top three, even focusing on the very top one. If you're saying it throughout the day, because it takes habit, it, we've lived with ourselves for however old everyone is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes time. Like we've been living with our old Selves and our old habits for so long that it takes time. Like it's not going to transform like that. Right. It takes time. Um, so, yeah. Now you just talked about affirmations and I've been a lot of people these days for whatever reason, really like to poo poo on affirmations. Mm-hmm. So Speak to us a little bit to help to help counter that rash of oh those those don't don't work manure. But uh, give us from your standpoint and in, in your life and experience the value of affirmations, really, and even maybe how to properly use them. Sure. So I have always been a big person with affirmations and self talk. I think the people who poo poo on affirmations are the people who maybe you're only doing affirmations and expecting their life to change. I always tell people you can manifest the things that you want in your life, but you actually need to take action and shift your mindset to align with what you're trying to manifest. Because if you are trying to manifest a new job and you're the same person, like, no, you have to put action into whatever you're trying to get. You can't just expect things to fall in your lap. So like for me, affirmations have been, so incredibly important in my life, specifically when I am scared or fearful or not confident. Um, so every morning, we'll I'll use affirmations for value system first, and then I'll explain like any type of fearful situation. But every morning, when I say those affirmations, I am reminding myself of who I truly am and what my mission is. If you stop saying those things to yourself or stop affirming who you are or who you want to be, 
then you are going to fall to the wayside. It's just like negative. Th- we can use it the opposite end. If someone poop, if they don't want to do affirmations and they don't care about them, but they're doing negative self-talk all day long, how do they think that's going to affect them? It's the other <laughs> way. It's the other way around, and it's going to affect them pretty negatively. And I've seen it time and time again where people they will have such quote negative affirmations of oh I'm not smart. Don't you think someone who keeps saying they're not smart probably isn't going to put out a limb to do certain things because they're afraid that they're going to be judged mm-hmm. for an idea or a project or they're not going to do mm-hmm. something or they're never going to write the book or they're never going to try to get the promotion all the time because they think that they're not smart enough. Like that one statement, I am not smart, over and over again, subconsciously, in your mind, every single day, day in, day out can affect that many things in your life. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. You can shift it. You can shift the way that you're thinking of things through the positive, the positive affirmations. And over time, once you're telling yourself, your subconscious mind eventually, and you start putting things into action, you're going to see positive things happen in your life, manifest in your life. And you're going to be thinking, oh, Maybe I am smart. Like I am. And I know this because I've gone through this. Like this is something that I have done and it works and it's worked with my clients and it's worked with many other people with affirmations, but I only doing affirmations isn't going to work. You've got to put yourself out there and whatever you want to do and also level set and tell yourself if something isn't working, Mm -hmm. this is not working. What do I need to change about this situation? This isn't time to be a victim and go cry in the corner because something isn't working. It's time to sit and ask yourself, why is this not working? What needs to change? If it's not working, it needs to change in some form or fashion. Um, And then like in affirmations, especially with like exercise and um, if there's something that you're afraid to do, Mm -hmm. actually telling yourself, I've got this, I've got this right before getting pumped up, getting in state, that helps significantly, especially if you have a big presentation. If you, I've, I've talked through my clients before they've gone into interviews or before they've had a presentation and helps them almost like get pumped up. Like, you know, you watch, this can be translated into the same thing as an athlete. You'll see an athlete who is about to do a competition or lift weights or a boxer. They're getting pumped up like they're ready to go. And it translates into life too. They're doing all mindset work, mm-hmm. all mindset work to get, to get them in state. And it translates exactly into our regular lives once we're going... Now, it's going to be a little hard for you to do jumping jacks and get pumped up if you're in a boardroom. <laughs> like, <it's> <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> you'd be the weirdo in the corner, but it's, it's those true. little things and it does translate. It makes but on the other weird. hand, that, that's the thing that gets you noticed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but as far as. I think Brendan like, Bouchard it, actually does do that, though, yeah. but you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be the master of pump up. That guy's got more energy than most nuclear power plants, I think. <laughs> Well, and then some of this, um, you know, you have to align the work to the affirmation, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, if what you're affirming for yourself, what you're trying to bring about is, you know, a $75,000 a a year job that um, where you're helping uh, people, then maybe applying to Starbucks isn't the, yeah, isn't the right way to go about matching that, right? Exactly. (laughs) Um, So to, so to make sure that, that, 
you know, not only you're doing work uh, alongside the affirmations, but to make sure that the work aligns with the affirmation mm-hmm. is is important. Yeah, and uh, I think that's like like um, the the poo pooers. <laughs> that's just yeah. When you use the phrase, <laughs> I, I think that's a big thing with you know with the affirmations is there's been such a big misconception in the coaching and personal development world of, you know, manifest what you want in your life. And the way that I think some have made it seem or interpret it as is sit and meditate for five minutes and visualize of the things you want in your life and everything is going to magically appear into your lap. No problem. And it's like, it's not that easy, <laughs> like, you know, to manifest the things like, yes, you can obviously do visualization or affirmations, but you've got it like you were saying exactly. You have to pair it with right. the action of looking for the job that pays that much money. If you don't have the skills for that job, hiring someone to build the skill, help you build the skills or building them on your own through YouTube videos. Or, I mean, there's so many free resources out there to build. If you're not proficient in Excel, watch YouTube videos on Excel, like just small things that you can do for yourself and to further align because we have to act like the person that we want to be. Like if you want to be the $75,000 a year employee, boss or employee or colleague or whoever in that job, then what would someone who makes $75,000 in a year, how do they think? How do they act? And what do they do? Who are they? And then try to further align, okay, how can I be that? What things do I need to do? I need to fall into those actions. That doesn't make you a different person. You're still you, but you're just changing your habits and the way you think about things. You know, Tony Robbins talks about modeling and, and that the modeling yeah. he talks about is like great. And it, it sounds diff, uh, kind of strange when you when you first look at it. But when you get right down to it, who else are you going to be? Because mm-hmm. what is it? What is the term? Um, if you didn't need to do something else to get where you want to go, you'd already be there. Yep, exactly. So. Mm-hmm. So how long did it take you to unravel you and get to where you wanted to go? <laughs> oh, it took me, well, I've done a deep dive. So I don't know if that's idea. This is an ideal time frame, but I would say probably two years, two years. Yeah. And I'm still like, I mean, it's like initially when I knew that I wasn't as confident as I wanted to be and I was relying on external things to make me feel good. I was like, Ooh, I want to feel good internally. I don't want to rely on everyone else to make me feel good. Um, and to do that, what I actually was doing was like fitness competitions and this, that, and the other. And then I asked myself, but that's still external things that are making me feel good. So from there, that's when I kind of stopped and did a deep dive through, I mean, geez, I have tons of personal development books and then being a coach on its own, you have to make sure you're heart centered. And as we all, no one's perfect. We all have our issues, but making sure we're trying to realign and be the best that we can for our clients takes a lot of time. So, I mean, yeah, it's taken about two years of a lot of self reflection, 
um, coaching, personal development seminars. I'm a seminar junkie. I love it. Uh, Full immersion. Um, yeah. Wow. What are, um, if you had to rend- recommend a couple of books uh, for people who are trying to reinvent themselves or, or develop their confidence, what, what have you found that was uh, most helpful for you? Well, I think if you can even say that, yeah, I'm well, Um, there's so many, um, it's, I think would think that it also depends on, um, their circumstance too. Cause I know there's different things for each, but I think that a really great book, um, take control of your life by Mel Robbins. She actually does coaching sessions mm-hmm. with, um, with some of her clients and it's, I like it better on Audible because you can actually hear her voice and their reactions. I, I, I really listen to that on Audible. <laughs> she's yeah, brutal. I love she's Audible. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, she is. Well, it depends on your style too, but I, that's yeah. kind of my style. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, Unlimited Power, um, Tony Robbins, Think and Grow Rich. If you're more of a money mindset, um, I know money mindset is huge, huge, huge. Um, but yeah, I would say my biggest role model is Mel Robbins and Tony Robbins. And no, they are not related. <laughs> cool. We're good. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Great. Well, I think we've gotten to the part of the, uh, of the conversation where I say, hey, um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't gotten to yet? <laughs> I think we covered a lot. <laughs> So, I mean, we covered everything that I really find valuable. Um, if there's anything else that you all would like to talk about, then happy to do so. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, we did, I think we did pretty good with that. Yeah, so we'll have a link to your website uh, in the show notes. Uh, do you hang out on social? Where, where would you like people to find you? Yeah, um, Instagram as well. It's the same as my website. It's okay. at Livewell page. Um, I put some videos up there, um, career and life tips, all that good stuff. That's primarily where I live. I just signed up for your newsletter, so. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hopefully you find some value in that. Mold me. Mold me, sensei. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be one of those people to um, life check you? <laughs> Well, we'll uh, that we're not there yet. Determined. It's a it's a short list. It's a short list. You know, I've known people who, when uh, you know they have a big decision to make or or something, they'll put out a question to like ten people or something and say, mm-hmm. "This is what I'm about to do. What do you think of this?" And, and I had a situation once where I found out that I was one of the people on that list. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, we we don't play that game anymore. If you want input from me, I'm happy to talk to you and we can have a conversation. But if mm-hmm. I'm just part of a deluge of what do you think about this, you're not you're not looking for what I have to offer because it's not going to be that way. So I have a very very short list of people I consider to be advisors. Mm-hmm. and mentors and I rarely go outside there's only about three that's good you need a short list there they've got to be people you can trust and then you don't want 500 different 
inputs about something. It's just not someone who's no, most yeah. aligned with you. And, and I've got and, you know, and you know and, somebody and, who's got what you want too. Mm-hmm. You don't want well, that that is also helpful. Yeah, Josh and I are, are really very different people. I'm. I have told him. I have said from time to time. I don't know why we're friends. Really. <laughs> Well, I think we align on a lot of the same stuff, just in a different way, right? Um, like we talk about a lot of the same things, just using very different language uh, and approaching from very different angles. Yeah, it's amazing. You, I guess you can get there from another a number of different places. So, mm-hmm. but it's it's worked out well. We've been friends now for God, how long has it been? Uh, Eighteen years, oh. seventeen years. Oh wow, that long! Oh, man. oh wow. Oh. Somewhere in yeah, there. we met at a random party. I was about to ask how'd you all meet? Yeah, years ago. So, um, yeah, we were introduced at a at a barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. And our podcast. Where do you was, all live? Um. Well, I am in Savannah, Georgia now. Oh, I like Savannah. And I'm in Syracuse, yeah. New York. He used to live here, but he for yeah. some reason he didn't like the cold. So I don't. I don't know what happened with that. I don't blame you. I, I, came, I came here because I was in California for a few. I, I, I did 20 years in the military, and I was in California and uh, Sacramento at the time, and things were always green and polony, and my allergies were exploding, and I'm like, no, I need to get back to season so we can come back. Um, yeah. Plus, the cost of living was ridiculous. Uh, oh, yeah, they have. And I wasn't – I was I – was, <laughs> It, where I lived, they built 4,000 homes up a couple of miles up the road from me in, in a two-year period. And I watched the prices go. I was looking at buying a house. And, and in February or March, this house was $137,000. And in August, the identical same house was $189,000. And I'm like, oh, that's just just crazy. Uh, so I got, I got, and out of we're talking 1992. Um, yeah. If yeah. If, if you're thinking Sacramento and you're like 189,000. Yeah. And then desert storm hit. I'd be like, I'm moving there. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I haven't been there, but, but at the same time, people in San Francisco, if you owned an acre of land in San Francisco back then, you were a millionaire. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow. Yeah. And and people were giving their grandkids their grand they'd sell off a couple of acres of land give their grandkids three four hundred thousand dollars they come to Sacramento buy a place for cash bad news <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it was bad but at any rate um, <laughs> at any rate yeah I uh, this has been a, I I've, I've enjoyed this this conversation me greatly. too thank you very much yeah thank you for having me on here I was gonna say um, since you're in the military have you heard of David Goggins. I, yes. I may have mentioned him a few times. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Josh is the yeah. biggest David Goggins fan. You have to be okay with uh, cuss words and F-bombs and maybe yeah, stuff. Well, but he's, he's, his book, Can't Hurt Me, in yeah. terms of confidence, mindset, resiliency, mm-hmm. is spot. It is so good. It is really good book. So he, yeah, I, Josh, I Josh read that a, a, a last year. Yeah, 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 I got an audible like right after it came out. He keeps he keeps yeah. bringing it back to my attention. Yeah. I actually have it on my iPad. I just haven't listened to it yet. Good. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah, I feel that would be good. So yeah, thank you for that. See, Josh, yeah. you got another you got another uh, 
See, just proves I need to listen to you anymore. <laughs> but anyways, this is awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Right, well, thank you thank so you much s- for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And we will let you know when this is up. Okay. Sounds Should good. Be a couple of weeks. All right. All right. Bye guys. Have a great Bye. day. Have fun. Bye. Happy Friday. <laughs> <laughs>